All right. Notice what it says in verse 11 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they may speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves, therefore, to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the King of Supreme, or as unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him, for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. What I want to talk about this morning might be kind of a strange subject, especially for a Sunday morning service, but I think it's important. I want, to, I want all of you to hear this. I thought this is something I want everybody in our church to hear. But I want to talk this morning about how businesses run in Liberty Baptist Church. All right, we're having a business meeting tonight. You know, what is the method to our madness? You know, and, and there is a method. All right, and the way that we run things here, the way that, you know, I've kind of done things since we've started the church here, I don't believe it's the only way to do things. A lot of people do things, run things different than I do. Uh, but I personally, this is the way that I think the church ought to be run. Whenever we started the church, I, I looked at several church constitutions and things, and I thought, you know, we need to protect ourselves legally as a church. Okay, There are things out there that can get us in trouble if we're not careful. And I wanted to protect, I wanted to make sure our church was protected. I didn't want to go off some of the, you know, constitutions like in my old church because it, it was just really old and so many things had changed over the years, you know, not in religion, but just in our country. I thought I need to make sure we're protected. So we do, we have a constitution here in our church. We've got a statement of faith and it's got, it kind of lays out how things are run in many ways. And it gives, you know, the, the way our constitution is, it actually gives the pastor Quite a bit of power and authority. But at the same time, you know, those of you that go to church here and you know how I run things, you'll see that, you know, I'm not a hostile dictator. All right. I have no interest in being a hostile dictator. And the way we've always kind of run things here, there is there's a method to it. And there's biblical principles that I'm trying to follow. And I do. I think I, I like the way things are, you know, we do things here. I think it's good. I think it's uh, it's efficient. But I wanted to show you, though, because there are some things that maybe could be questionable, things that people might wonder about. And I want to show, no, there's actually a really good reason for it and that I, that I believe is biblical. And so, you know, as Christians, we've got to realize that we are, we've not inherited the earth yet. Okay? That time has not come. We're strangers and pilgrims that said that in this passage. And we live in a wicked world. And you know what? We've got a wicked government. We really do. And it's important that we be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, as the Bible, the Bible talks about. And I believe that the church is something that's separate from the government. I don't think we ought to join up with the government. I do believe in separation of church and state. I believe that the Bible is the final authority in everything. But, you know, our Bible teaches we ought to submit to certain powers on earth. And I believe it's okay for us to do that as long as those powers don't try to get us to violate any of God's laws. And I don't think we're to that point right now. And so how do we balance, you know, doing the work of the Lord as a church while submitting to a government at the same time? And so that's kind of, and so 
that's kind of why we do, why we have a church constitution. Because people are like, you know, why do you even have a church constitution? You know, this is the constitution. You know, this is the statement of faith. Well, I understand that, but you got one thing you need to understand. We have Liberty Baptist Church, the biblical called out assembly. Okay? It doesn't need a church constitution. It doesn't need a statement of faith. This is our statement of faith. Alright, right here. Okay, understand that. That is, that is the case. The Word of God is the final authority in everything. Okay? Because what are we going to do? What do we do if our statement of faith doesn't line up with something in the Word of God? You know, what are we supposed to do? Well, first off, the Word of God trumps that every time. But at the same time, we do have a process for changing things in our statement of faith. Well, why would we do that? There's a good reason for doing that. We'll cover that in a little bit. But, you know, the, uh, as, so the Word of God is the final authority. The pastor is the overseer of the church. That's what a pastor is, or a bishop. They're a shepherd, or an overseer. And we have a congregation of baptized believers that, uh, they, that meet certain qualifications. First off, you have to have a sound salvation testimony. Okay, you need to be saved if you're going to be a member of this church, all right? But you know, how can we know who's saved and who's not saved? Well, obviously, I can't see anyone's heart, but you know what? I can find out what you're professing. I can ask you how you got saved, and if you tell me, well, I've been a really good person, well, then I'm going to say, well, I'm sorry, you know, that doesn't line up with the Bible. If you tell me, well, I got baptized, I'm saying, I'm sorry, that doesn't line up with the Bible. But if you tell me you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you called on Him for salvation, then I, that's that's all we need. Okay, that. You know, that's, that's salvation right there. If you've been scripturally baptized, if you've been baptized by immersion after salvation and not for salvation, that's very important that you were baptized after salvation and not for salvation. Very, that's, that's very important. And somebody who's not violating some specific, uh, commands in the Bible. Well, which ones? Because there's a lot of commandments in the Bible. You know, how dare we throw anybody out of church? You know, for being a sinner because we're all sinners. Well, the Bible actually specifies some things. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now, we're not going to take the time to go through every one of those things, but it mentions some specific things in there. And if you're living a wicked, immoral lifestyle, you should not be a member of a local church. This, a church, you know, we invite people, we invite lost people to come. We hope they hear the preaching. I hope they get saved. But understand that this here, the, the way we run our services, it is not geared towards the lost. It's geared towards the saved. Okay, we're not going to bring in music that the lost people are comfortable with. We're not here to make them comfortable. Okay, I'm not going to sugarcoat my preaching because we're afraid of offending lost people. The preaching that we preach here, it's for you. It's for the congregation. It's for saved people. And you know what? You ought to be able to take hard preaching. You ought to be able to hear the, you ought to be able to handle, you know, just 
thus saith the Lord and here preaching, saying you shouldn't do some things and you should do other things. You ought to be able to handle that. Lost people, but many churches today, they're trying to make their churches more open and comfortable for lost people. But understand, the Bible says there's some things that are not supposed to be once named among us as become a saints. So it's talking about in the church, in the congregation, and we've got to keep certain things away. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, turn over there. That's not, Ephesians isn't the only place where it talks about these things. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19 or verse 9, I'm sorry, says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetousness, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one, know not to eat. For what do I do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Y'all see that? It says, put them away. You know what he does? And he says too, he says, you're supposed to judge them within. So now you just lost your only verse you got memorized. Judge not, judge not, you know. He's telling us, no, you're supposed to judge those within. Those who are without, God judges. So you're saying, well, wait, what if I've got a lost friend or I've got a lost family member? Is not allowed to have anything to do with them? No, listen, there is a difference between church fellowship and then you know fellowship that happens out there. We've got people out there that we want to be a witness to, we want to be a testimony to, and you can be friends with them. If you want to invite your, them over for dinner or something like that, you can do that. But if any man be called a brother and is a fornicator... Talking about a brother in Christ, and they've got that kind of wickedness going on in their lives. Hey, we ought to stand against that type of thing. And let me tell you something. I do. I believe you can be friends with lost people outside the church, but if you actually are loving to them and you're actually trying to preach the gospel to them and trying to get them saved and actually you know reproving and rebuking sin and things like that, they're probably not going to be your friend very long, or they'll get saved. And then they'll be a brother, and then we can work on fixing some of those things. But the Bible is very specific about some of these things. Go ahead and one more. Titus chapter 3. Turn over to Titus chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. A heretic. Somebody who's bringing in division with false doctrine. Hey, if somebody's coming in here and they're trying to spread false doctrine, you know, we might have to Reject them. You're, we're going to try to correct them. We're going to give them a first and second admonition. But if they're not going to get right, they've got to go. Somebody that's sowing discord in the church, they need to go. They need to get run out. They need to be. They need to be put out of the congregation. That is. That is biblical. That is what God has commanded us to do. We're supposed to keep the leaven out of the church. And so, uh, you know, you've got to be somebody who's not sowing discord among the brethren. You don't have to agree with every little thing that I preach, okay? Obviously, there's going to be some areas where we just might disagree, but if you're sowing discord in the church, if you're taking these things and you're causing division and causing conflict in the church, now we've got a problem. And that 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 is a big deal. And so, understand, that's what that's what a church is, okay? And we don't need a constitution to be biblical. We don't need a statement of faith We've got the Word of God. But at the same time, 
there's Liberty Baptist Church, the organization, for lack of a better term, if you want to call it that. And this, we do, we do have a church constitution. We do have a doctrinal statement. And these things are important. We have needed these things because, for example, we own land. Okay? We own this building. Okay? We own this property. We don't pay real estate taxes because we're a church. We don't pay sales tax because we're a church. And so, in order for us to avoid those things, because once again, we have not inherited the earth. While we own this property, do we own this property? No, not really. But our government has said because we're a church, we don't have to pay sales tax. So you know what? There are some things that they ask of us. There are things that they expect of us. They want some kind of documentation showing that we are a church, and I can't just hand them a Bible and say, say, here you go. They want something on paper showing what we are. We need that when we bought this building, we got a loan, they wanted something. You know, we have bank accounts. You know, we use, you know, Caesar's money. We use these things. And so there are, there are some expectations that the government has that, you know, that we are not violating any laws if we fulfill those obligations. And so it is, it's important that we have that constitution showing how we were formed and what we are all about and what we do, showing a doctrinal statement, laying out what we believe. Those things are very important. And another reason, too, we need to have these things is because it's also taught in the Bible that they that preach the gospel live of the gospel. I'm supposed to be paid by the church. And if the church is paying me, if I'm being employed by the church, you know, the government, they want to know how much I'm getting paid. And they... I do have to pay taxes. And I got, and so there's all, and you know, thankfully, yeah, that stuff gets really complicated. We have an outside service that takes care of that for us. But now why are we doing that? We're doing that because of the fact we're trying to follow the laws. We're trying to protect ourselves from the government. Okay? This isn't so much that we just love the government and we're all for everything they do. No, it's actually a lot of times because we're just scared of it. And we're just trying to protect ourselves. And there's churches out there, some are like 501c3 and things like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. A lot of times, if in order to do the work that needs to be done, sometimes the government steps in and they want you to fill out a whole bunch of paperwork and do all these stupid things that are just, that are stupid, for lack of a better term. And you know what? I don't think those are violating commands if we do those things. And so, we do. You know, we have, so because of this, we have an official membership role in the church. Okay? Now, listen. If you come to this church, if you're saved, if you're baptized and you attend this church, we will treat you just like a member. I will preach your funeral. I will do your weddings. I will visit you in the hospital. I will counsel. We will love you. You are allowed to come to all our events and do all these things. But the one thing you can't do if you've not an official member that has actually joined, really the only thing is you can't vote. So well, why do we even have voting in church? You know, where do you see that in the Bible? There's a good reason for that too. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to cover that. There is a method to our madness, and so somebody who's not an official member, they're not going to be able to vote. You know, and so why do we? So why do we even mess with the whole membership thing and voting on things? Why do we do all that? Well, here's the reason: it's to keep the government off our back. That's pretty much the only reason. It's not because of anything I read in the Bible. It's to keep the government off our back. And this is the way that I've, I've chosen that we ought to do this. I think we should vote on things. 
I, I don't have a problem with it. I want to do it. Matthew chapter 17, look at there, verse 24, says, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take customer tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto them, him, Then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, cast an hook, and take up a fish, and that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, that take, and give unto them, for me and for thee. Jesus basically here is saying, you know what? I shouldn't have to pay taxes. But you know what? We don't want to offend them, so you know what? Let's give them their stinking money. Alright, let's give them their money. Let's give them their taxes. And you know what? When it comes to how we handle the money around here, when it comes to how we operate around here, let me tell you what I really think about our government's opinion. I don't give a rip. Alright? I don't give, I really don't care. But at the same time, I don't want to offend them. I don't want them to get suspicious because they've got a lot of power and I don't want them causing us trouble. And see, you know what? Let's go ahead. Let's, we'll have some accountability. You know, do we have to do these things? No, we don't, we don't have to do anything. But you know what? Let's not offend them. Let's keep them off our back. So you know what? Here's a process that we can do that I think everyone, that they would respect, that they would agree with, that they would appreciate. Let's humor them. Let's go ahead and do these things their way. We don't need to do that. We could operate just fine without doing all those things. But let's go ahead and do it just because we want, we do want to have a good testimony with the world. Look what it says back in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12. Notice it says, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be the king or supreme. So right there, we do, we want to have a good testimony. Because are there not a lot of churches out there that have been proven to be crooked as all get out? Pastors that have swindled money and churches that have done illegal stuff. And you know what? That's a bad testimony on all churches when that happens. And we don't need to add to that. We want to have a good testimony. The last thing we need here at Liberty Baptist Church is accusations being thrown our way. Because what happens when accusations get thrown your way? Everybody believes what they want to believe. I was talking with Brother Gomer about this. You know, I'm sick of this in the news where accusations are news. Accusations shouldn't be news. A conviction should be news. Anybody can accuse anybody of anything. What matters is, is there any evidence to even prove that? And you know what? I don't, and we need to be careful to make sure we don't do anything that looks bad, that looks suspicious, because we don't need those accusations. It could kill our testimony. Even if it's a complete and total lie, it can hurt us. So in case that happens, we want to have certain things in place. We want to run things in ways that are as open and as honest looking as possible, just to make sure we've got a good testimony. I know we're doing everything right. I know we're doing everything legal. I know that we're doing everything in a good, decent, moral way, but I'm but I, I want to make sure too that it's obvious for other people to see that too. And so I don't even want anything to look suspicious around here. I want to have a good testimony. Once again, we're operating on their turf. Bible says in Romans twelve eighteen, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. 
We're just trying to do what, things in a way where they won't bother us. Because we want to have peace. The way we run things here, the way we have our business meetings and stuff, it is not because the Bible says do this, 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 and this. Okay? It's because we're trying to just protect ourselves. We're just trying to be open and honest. And it's good for everybody here too. So everyone here, if somebody too, if they're new to this church, if they're a new believer, they'll be able to see these things and see, hey, you know, there's nothing crooked going on here. They're very open and very honest about how they do things here. We want to have that good testimony. We have no continuing city. We seek one to come. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. You know, we're strangers. We're pilgrims on this earth. And so, as a result of that, we do, we gotta just put up with, we gotta put up with Caesar sometime. Mm-hmm. And we do. We use Caesar's money. Okay? We, that's how we got, we're not gonna be able to pay our light bills with chickens and, you know, fruit and corn and things like that. They're not gonna take it. We're not gonna be able to pay our bills that way. We use Caesar's money. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 15. It says, then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. Okay, they knew Jesus wasn't bad. So they're saying, let's see if we can trip him up with just what he says. And then maybe we can get him on some weird legality or something like that. And I've seen that happen before. When I was at my dad's church, they bought a house. They were going to use it for a parsonage that, I, that we were going to live in. And when he was filling out all the paperwork so they wouldn't have to pay all the property taxes on it, which were significant... He marked one thing wrong on there. There was one thing that he did not answer accurately just because it just it wasn't clear. He wasn't sure what they were looking for. He wasn't trying to be dishonest, but it was one thing that didn't come out right. And so as a result of that, they denied us, said we had to pay the taxes on it, and we like had to go to court to get it fixed, and it was just it was it was a big huge mess. And and my dad, I remember my dad, he was just like, you know. I understand you know, laws, but you know what about this whole spirit of the law? I mean, it's obvious from looking at this paperwork that what we were trying to do was right. But because one little thing's marked, you know, you're just going to throw the whole thing out. But you know, they don't go by the spirit of the law, and you know, it, it's by the letter on things. And it's it's sad that's just the way it is in this country. It was a big pain in the neck, and that's kind of what they're trying to do with Jesus. They know that there's nothing bad about what he's trying to do, but let's see if there's something that he says in his talk that could get him in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that, that can happen too, okay? You know, and that's another speech for another day is, you know, be careful when talking to cops. You know, what you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. Yeah. And it, it regularly does. And so uh, that's what they're trying to do with him right here. And so because we've got that working against us, we do. We've got to be careful. We've got to be technical. We've got to be official. On how we do some of these things. And to a point, sometimes it's a little annoying. But it needs to be done. Because we're trying to protect ourselves. Let's keep reading. It says in verse 16, They sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, thou, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us wherefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness. And said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is the image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto him, them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. So right there we see Jesus, you know, very wisely, he answers their questions, trying to trip him up. 
And we got to understand that there are laws out there that if we're not careful, you know, we can we can get ourselves in legal trouble. We don't want to get ourselves in legal trouble. Any if anything we can do to avoid legal problems, we need to do them. As long as they're not causing us to violate God's commands, we're going to do those things. And until they start telling me what I can and what I can't preach, you know, I'll, I'll play their little game, all right? I'll do their thing. I'll fill out their paperwork. I'll keep letting the fire department come in here every year and find out stuff we got wrong. We did pretty good this year. Just two of our emergency lights and batteries were dead, you know, but I, I already fixed that. We got that fixed. I'll let them do these things. We'll, we'll follow their codes and all that stuff until they, until they start telling me what I can and can't preach. And I think, I think it's important that we do that. So, uh, you know, and right now, churches in America, we actually do have quite a bit of freedom. And I thank God for that. And, but there are, there's, and there's still some expectation from the government and how things are handled. Okay? You know, they, we don't report to the government. You know, our church doesn't pay taxes. You know, the offerings and things that come in, I mean, I'm sure they've got access to our bank account, you know, and could, and could see that way. But they really don't. Uh, require a lot from us. I don't send in papers every year showing things like that. They don't do that, and I don't think we should have to do that. And, uh, and but at the same time, if we do, if we start taking advantage of our liberty, then they might start wanting to crack down and start causing us undue hardship, which would be which would be bad. You know, we don't have to pay property tax. We don't pay sales tax. And so if I do, you know, if we do a few little things in return, I think that's okay as long as we're not violating commandments. And so. You know, we need to do all we can to be above reproach. First Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Okay, We know there's a lot of crooked preachers out there. There's a lot of crooked churches out there. They're mishandling money big time. So having said that, we need to understand we've got to be careful. You know, We need to make sure that we're honest, that we don't even look like we're doing anything bad. We need to do whatever we can to avoid accusations. and Because that, that can destroy... A church, just that accusation. One story in the newspaper, just an accusation with no evidence, it could hurt our church in a way that it would maybe take us months and years to recover from. So we need to keep those things in mind. We need to be thorough in holding ourselves accountable so there's no temptation. Okay, you know, and, and a lot of the things that we do with the money, it is, it's, it's about accountability. I want to remove temptation. Okay, if, if me as a pastor, I can just do whatever I want, Whenever I want, with nobody paying attention to what I'm doing, I'm gonna. I I still don't think I would steal, but I might get tempted, you know. And, and I I don't want that temptation. You know, what if I start having hard time, you know, coming on hard times or something like that? Look what it says in First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six and verse six says, "But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content." But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Y'all see that? People can get tempted. That temptation can cause them to err from the faith. And that love of money, it is, it's a dangerous thing that can happen to anybody. And he says right here, man, oh, thou, O man of God, flee these things. Well, if I'm a man of God, I want to flee that. I want to stay away from the temptation of that. So you know what we're going to do here? 
We're going to have checks and balances in place. You know, we're going to have rules that I have to follow. There's going to be accountability. That's why we have people that sign for the checks, and that's why, you know, we do reports, and we, you know, we don't spend cash, and there's, there's all these rules and things that we have in place to make sure that I am accountable as a pastor because if I know I'm accountable, then, well, why would I go, you know, buying a new boat with money from the church? If I do that, it's going to be real obvious. Everybody's going to know it. So guess what? I'm not even think. I'm not even going to think about doing that. Okay, I'm not. There's. I'm not tempted to do anything bad with the money because there's no way for me to get tempted. But if you're all you know, I believe in pastor-led churches and pastoral authority. Hey, I believe in that too. But you know what? Don't give me too much power. It might go to my head. I might get tempted. Uh, you're doctrinally sound, you'll be fine. Yeah, but the love of money is root of all evil. I, I might end up erring from the faith as a result of that. And so, we need to keep these things in place. We need certain rules to prevent abuse. Because that can happen. You know, what if I just decide to write myself checks for large amounts of money? You know, shouldn't there be some kind of limitation on what I'm able to do? Okay, well, how are we going to, so how are we going to limit that? How are, well, we've got to have something in writing on paper saying, here are the rules. That, that's what we have to do. And how do we make those rules? Well, we as a congregation, we get together and we agree on it. We vote on it. And then that way, if later on somebody comes along and they're like, hey, you know, if they did audit our church, which I don't even know if they can do that, but if they did, and they're like, hey, Pastor, you know, we notice you're getting this much money from the church. Well, I can say, well, yeah, our church is okay with that. Well, how do we know? Well, our congregation, we voted on it on this day. You know, we, you know, we, we've got these process, things in place. And so they're able to see, well, yeah, it's all good. It's okay. You're not doing anything illegal. I can keep myself out of a lot of trouble. I don't want to go to jail, okay? Especially for something financial, all right? I am not getting paid enough to risk going to jail over it, all right? If I, if I was, if I was making six, seven figures a year, something like that, that might be worth taking a chance on a few things, but, um, not, you know, we're doing everything by the book here, okay? Because I'm not getting paid enough that it's worth cheating and <laughs> going to jail over. But anyway, uh, so, you know, we do. So we need to, we need to keep people informed on what's going on. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 7. It says, Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? He's informing this church that I've been preaching to you all for free. I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. All right, now did Paul literally sneak into these churches and take the money? No, but he had been receiving gifts from these churches. These churches had been supporting him so he could preach the gospel of the Corinthians. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me. The brethren which came from Macedonia supplied, and in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. Paul's needs were taken care of, but notice it wasn't taken care of by the people he was ministering to. It was taken care of, he was being taken care of by the brethren from Macedonia. And that was a great blessing to the Apostle Paul, but you understand that this was a bad reflection on the Corinthian church. And he's informing them, hey, this is what's going on. This is the situation. This is what I've had to deal with. You know, y'all are running your mouth about stuff with me, but you know what? Y'all aren't even paying me. I'm getting paid from the people of Macedonia. I'm robbing them so I can do you service. 
You know, why don't you all straighten up? Why don't you all grow up? How about you all start being the ones paying me is basically what he's saying right here. But you know, he didn't, he didn't make them chargeable. He didn't send these people a bill for all the work he did. You know, he, he wanted, he wanted to have a good testimony, but now, you know what, it's time y'all grow up and he's letting them know what's going on. And it's important that you all know what's going on in the church. You know how things are running. You know where we're at financially. It's amazing sometimes people who come through and are like, you know, Pastor Tommy, why don't we have this in the church? Why don't we do this in the church? Why don't we have this program? Why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, well, first of all, do you know how much this stuff costs? You know, here's why I can't do that. You know how much I have to work, you know, outside the church? And thankfully, you know, the Lord's blessing. I'm working less and less outside the church. That's great. But it's the, the thing is, I have never in my life gotten a complaint for what I do here at the church or how our church spends money from people in the church who actually know what's going on and are paying attention. It's always the people who are just kind of the outsiders that just, you know, show up. You know, once a month, once every six months. They're the ones who want to complain about stuff. They're the ones, why don't you guys do this? Why don't you have that? Well, you know what? Why don't you come to a business meeting and see what's going on? And then you would know why we're not doing some of those things. And maybe you would find out why we actually pass an offering plate and why we could use your participation in that. But they, they don't. They have no idea what's going on. But you know what? I'm not going to treat you all like babies here today. I'm not going to treat you all like children. We're going to treat you like adults and we're going to let you know what's going on. Okay, hopefully you parents, you don't go and you worry your kids with the finances in your house. You know, you don't go to your little kids and your little five-year-old and say, look at the budget right now. I don't know how we're going to buy groceries. You, know, you don't need to worry them with those things. But you know what? After they get to a certain age and they start asking you for $100 shoes and you know $50 jeans and stuff like that, that's where you start saying, hey, uh, let me explain the way life works. Okay? <laughs> and if you want that kind of thing, you're going to have to contribute. You're going to have to do something. And you know what? We're going to treat you all like adults around here. And we're going to let you all know that, hey, I can't just do stuff for free. Alright, we can't just, you know, give y'all whatever you want and just have giveaways every Sunday and, no, this is the reality. Hey, here's the financial statement. Here's the budget. This is what's coming in. This is what's going out. This is how things are being, this is how things are being run. We're gonna, we're gonna keep you informed on that. And then, you can decide, alright, do I want to participate and help, you know, financially? Or, do I want to just keep my mouth shut and be happy for whatever I get? You know, that, that, that's up to you at that point. But we do, we want people to know what's, we want people to know what's going on. That's why we have some of these meetings. I want you all to know where we're at financially. I'm not going to get up and talk about it in the services. You know, that's not the place to do that. But we do have other times where we talk about those things. You know, it's a good time to talk about the goals and the direction of the church. You know, goals financially. There's things we want to do around here. Things we'd like to do in this building. Assuming that we stay in this building, we, we, we need to talk about those things. We need to let people know. A lot of the things we want to do, they're going to cost a lot of money. Well, you might have the talent to do some of those things and save us a fortune. But if you don't know what's going on in the church, how are we supposed to know to talk to you about this? If you're just, if you just, if we don't hardly know you, if we don't know what your abilities are, how will we know to even ask you to do these things? You need to get involved. You need to pay attention to what's going on. We have, you know, we, and so many people today, they just have no idea how churches run. We don't have a Baptist Vatican. We don't have this organization that we can get money from. If we run out of money here, we're out of money. All right? If the offerings dry up, 
there's no there's there's no place we can go to to pay our bills. You know that that's up to you. That's up to you guys. And so you know why do we need a vote? You know, it's like you know to then, then a lot of times people get real into you know who they think should vote. You know, we shouldn't let women vote. You know, and if we let women vote, why aren't we letting kids vote? They're members too, right? You know, we've got you know kids if they're saved and baptized, they're members. Why do we use the same rules? that the government uses for voting. Because they're the ones we're trying to keep off our back. And you all understand that we don't have voting here, so you all can go and just, this is my time to let everybody know my opinion. This is my time I can just go and be contrary. And so you can go recruit people to church, hey, let's make sure you show up for the vote tonight so we can vote. That's not why we do these things. You know, we have never had a vote here in this church that was not unanimous. You know why? Because we communicate about things. I like. I don't want to do anything in this church that we're not united on. And so uh, I do. I, we, you know, we have other meetings where we kind of unofficially talk about these things. And if I feel like, hey, the church is behind this, want to go forward with this, then we officially put it to a vote. In case we do need, you know, the outside forces want to get involved one of these days. Hey, we officially voted on this. We officially decided on these things. But we don't, we're not going to have these committee things so we can all go and we can create these power structures in the church and see who's, you know, we all, yeah, I, I want us to be united on things. And so, yeah, our voting rules, they look just like the government's voting rules. And we're going to keep doing it that way because it's not about, you know, what we do in a church, it's not about how everybody votes in the meetings. You know, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in the spirit of the church. And knowing what the, how, where the church is at and where people are at spiritually on things. And, um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, it's, we're not going to waste our time splitting over color of carpet and, you know, and whether we should buy, you know, generic, uh, cleaning supplies. You know, it, it, that's, that's just stupid when we get caught up in that stuff. You know, we're frugal around here, but we don't need to get ridiculous. We don't need to have a new committee meeting if we want to go and start buying a more expensive brand of toilet paper in the church. All right. That, that's just, that's foolish. That just causes conflict in the church. And some churches do. They vote on everything. That's so pointless. We don't need to do that. The only thing we need to be voting on are things that are, you know, big financial things or just constitution related things. And that, once again, that is to keep the government off our back. That's just to be, to protect ourselves and to be accountable. And, you know, you can say, well, I, you know, I believe in a pastor led church. Well, you know, I do too. I do too. But you know what? I'm not leading. You know, I, I'm not supposed to lead from behind with a gun to the back of your head. Okay, that's you see, that's what a dictatorship is. All right. A dictator. He's not the one on the front lines. He's from behind with a gun to everybody's back. Okay. if I'm as a leader, I want to actually lead. I want to feed the flock of God and I want to lead. I want to be an example. That means I'm walking out in the front and people are actually following me and they don't have to be tied to me. You know, they don't I, I don't have to. I'm not behind them cracking a whip. I'm actually leading. And the truth is, if we, if, you know, if, if we're not united on things, then I'm not doing a good job leading, am I? And you know the, the nice thing, and so the nice thing about voting, we can kind of see where we're at. I want to know if you all don't agree with me on stuff. I want to know because one, if I'm wrong, you know, then maybe I can you know, I can get it right. 
if you're wrong, maybe I can show you where you are wrong. And here's the thing. If you don't agree with me, if I've got all these people in the church that are mad at me and that are against me and working against me, I would rather know about it. And the truth is, because if, even if I go and I just do whatever I feel like doing, not caring what you think, you're still going to think what you think. It's just now I'm not going to know about it. But because of the fact that we have these meetings, because we vote on these things, that is your chance. That is your chance to say something. If you're not united with us, if you, if you have a problem with this, that is your chance to speak now or forever hold your peace. And I do. I want to know. Not so I can fight you. Not so I can defeat you. You know, not, not because of that. I want to know because I want us to be united. And there, maybe, maybe you just need to be made aware of some things. Maybe I'm not explaining myself very good. Okay? I don't, I have never bit anybody's head off in this church for asking a question or questioning something that I do or questioning a doctrine. If you don't agree with the doctrine that we preach here, I would rather know about it. That way I can know, okay, you know what? Maybe I need to teach this a little better. Maybe I need to preach more on this subject. Because guess what? If you do disagree with me and you don't tell me about it, you still disagree with me. And now I don't get to do anything to help. And chances are you're probably going to start talking to other people at church about it. And now we have discord being sown. And so, you know, it, it, it's not, it, I'm not leading if you don't even know what's going on. I don't want this church to be a one-man show. It's just me doing everything, whatever. You know, I want, I want you all to participate. I want you to be involved. And I'm not leading if I'm just doing my own thing and you all don't even have any clue what's going on. And, and because I'm leading this church, I'm not worried about, you know, the women getting together, you know, because we allowed them to vote and saying, you know what, we decided we want a woman pastor, you know, and, and vote me out and put my wife in or something like that. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about that. I, I, I am not worried about those things one bit. You know why? Because I do. I believe we are a united church. I believe we have unity in this church because of the fact that we actually have leadership in this church. And so I'm not worried about those things. Those things are in place, so it's to keep them off our back. That's, that's why it's there. And so, uh, you know, uh, we're not making a statement on how we feel about voting regulations in our government. That is not what this is about. And so in different homes, there's often different roles that you'll see the man or the woman fulfill. And certain things the Bible specifies for the man, some are for the woman, but there's some things... That they're just, it's, they're not specified. And you know what? It's very insecure for a man to think that everybody's got to do things the way he does. That's how a lot of men are. They're insecure, and it's like, if you don't do it my way, you know, you're not right, you're not a real man. And a lot of insecure pastors are like that. You know, if you don't do it this way, you're not right with God, you're not a real man of God. There's a lot of churches that do things completely different than the way we do it here. And you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Some churches, they don't vote on anything. Some churches, it's just whatever the pastor says pretty much goes. And, you know, I, I don't, as long as they got a good guy as pastor, it's probably going to work out just fine. But that's not how I want to do things. I want to, I want to know where everybody's at. I want to give people a chance to say what they have to say. Cause, and I, I would prefer, because if you have something that you're wanting to say, guess what? You're going to say it. You're not going to be able to hold back. You're going to say it. And I would rather you say it to me than everybody else in the church. So we do, we have these things in place to protect from that. I'm not, you know, if I'm going around calling the shots on every detail with no regards for anyone else's opinion, it would be very easy 
for one individual to come in the church and say, man, this pastor, he's a dictator. He just does everything you know, his own way. I don't like how he does things. You know what? I'm probably not the only one that feels that way. But you know what? When they, when they see us having the meetings like we do, running things the way we do, it makes it very obvious that we are united in this church. And then that one goofball that's you know out in left field somewhere, he's going to know, well, I must either I'm the weirdo, you know, or uh, and I need to get right, or this whole church is weirdos, and I'm getting out of here, <laughs> and, and, then, and then we're better off. And so, you know, I, do, I you know I I want people to get involved. I don't want this to be a one man show. If we're not united on something, I want to know it. I want to know it. I want to look at the possibility that I'm wrong. And in the end, I do. I believe it's okay for churches to conduct business however they want. I think as long as we're not compromising on the Word of God, we're fine. I think we're fine with submitting with the government as long as they're not asking us to do something that violates God's laws. But the way this right here is basically just kind of me explaining my mindset when it comes to how we do things here. We're going to have a meeting. We're going to vote on some things tonight. But these things we're, talk, we're going to be talking about is stuff that we've already, you know, I've already we talked about in some men's meetings and things we've had. I already know that everybody's okay with it. Well, why are we voting? Just in case somebody asks. Just to keep me from getting power crazy. You know, just to make sure you all are informed and you know what's going on. That's that's why we do it. it it's not because of anything specifically. The Bible says, you know, thou shalt vote on every little thing in the church. You know, it's, that, that's not there. That That's why we do this. And I do. I believe it's important that we're open, that we're honest, that we have a good testimony. And that is ultimately the goal is... We want to have a good testimony in how we run things here. And so I hope that was a help to you. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray you'll help us to follow these principles in our lives. Lord, I thank you for the just the wonderful spirit that we have here in this church and, and the unity that we have. And I thank you, Lord, this this isn't a one-man show here. That There are uh, people who have uh, they've taken ownership of this place, Lord, and they, this is their church. And uh, they... Uh, they they help make things happen around here, dear God. I thank you for that. We don't have a church. If it's just a pastor, there's got to be a congregation. And I pray that you will uh, encourage your people, Lord, to uh, to get involved and uh, uh, be aware of what's going on so they'll know how they can be a blessing and how they could participate. And I just pray you'll help them. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand and we'll close with a song.